It's Canuck Central in the Kintech studio. Dan Richo and Satyar Shaw. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. If you missed hour one of the show, Ian McIntyre going down memory lane a little bit and also talking about your Vancouver Canucks. Plus, which players have the most to prove over these final four games? You can check that out. Now available on podcast, but we like to give as much time as possible for your questions in the mailbag. Hit the music. It's mailbag time. Our favorite music of the week. Because it also means the week is coming to a close. Yeah, it's Friday. Although we don't get much weekend time with the uh, Canucks playing tomorrow. No, no. although I will say this. It's always kind of uh, bittersweet. I mean, it's, it always you get to a long season, a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's, it's always, especially when you're not making the playoffs. It's like, all right, let's get to the end. But it only takes a few weeks before you miss the games. So yes. it's always bittersweet when you get to this stage. Uh, it, you start to miss going to the rink and, mm-hmm. uh, and getting to watch the games. Honestly, the first day back at the rink in the summer is, I don't know how to describe it, but there's this anticipation you get, this excitement you kind of get, but you, you get the senses coming coming back, and it kind of just puts you right back into hockey mode. I don't know how to ex- describe the first day back at the rink and um, in late summer, I guess early early fall, but it's pretty special. It's uh, the mailbag. We get producer Josh Elliott Wolf to ask the questions that uh, you've sent through to at Satyar Shah on Twitter throughout the day. Also, if there's uh, some extras and we do have time at the end, 650-650 on the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox is where you can get them in there for any late submissions. Yes, uh, we will start with Austin in Langley's. Christian Willanen, aware of your current affair with Akito Hirose. How did he take it? <laughs> Listen, Christian understands that we live in a new age and uh, these things aren't always exclusive. And I have a lot of time for Christian. I believe in Christian. And I think that Christian's going to have a really good career. It's just that right now, you know, the spotlight's on Hirose. And once he gets healthy, you know, there'll still be a lot of room and time for Christian Willanen. Sats like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Always got to be under 25 or he's out. <laughs> oh, it's too good. Uh, oh, that's a great line. Uh, I just want to know how many uh, how many Norris trophies is Akito Hirose going to win? Will they eventually name the trophy after him? Akito Norose? Yes. Akito <laughs> Norose. Oh, so stupid. I, I mean, I love. Vancouver fans for the hype around this player. It's it's after three games, it's absolutely out of control. But hey, man, get excited. He's been he's been good. Uh, next one from Jeff. If the Canucks end up picking eight, can you profile a few players that are likely to go in that range? Well, we had one of them on earlier this week. Might be a tad high for Oliver Moore, but I mean, I like him more and more and more. <laughs> the more I start, keep doing more draft. Um, uh, draft research. We had Oliver Moore on Wednesday of this week, so if you want to go check that out on the podcast, really interesting insight into his game and what he knows and sees making him successful at the next level. But, you know, a center that can play both ends of the rink, has a ton of speed, plays at speed. You know, it also just sounds like a player that this organization could, could use quite badly. You know, it's... Um I know people want the top two or three picks, right? For sure. I mean, I look at it as top 
the top four. You put yeah. in Mitch Cobb in that discussion. Like one of those four players, Fantilli, Leo Carlson, Mitch Cobb, and then obviously number one, Carter Bedard. Any one of those four, like that's the apple of this year's draft, obviously. But once you start getting into that range outside of that top four, and we'll see if Ryan Backer gets into that top five, there are a lot of players that are similar, and it doesn't. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the 2018 draft when you had the Matt Boldies, you had mm. the Peyton Krebs and the New Hooks, right? Um, you had Trevor Zegers kind of in that, you know, eight spot and below. And there's a lot of talent there. And some of those guys might end up being some of the better players in this year's draft. Like, it wouldn't shock me, right? So I, I, I'm really intrigued by where the Canucks go here, whether it is, like you mentioned, Oliver Moore, or even a guy like Dalibor Dvorsky, big center who is really coming on a bit later on, and could he be the type of mature player they think can really step up, and whether you like Will Smith and feel like his game can take it to that next level. And I wonder if a guy like Zach Benson, if people you know do fade him slightly because of his size and they think he's not going to play center, does he move down to that 8-9 spot where Vancouver finds itself, and could you get him there, and he might end up being a center for you? And even on the back end, as much as Ryan Barker gets a lot of the discussion, whether there's Axel Sandin, Palika, or, you know, Shimashev, Guliaev. I think some of those guys are intriguing enough, depending on kind of what you view their upside being. It's, uh, it's not a bad spot that the Canucks may end up finding themselves in, uh, as you say, with, with a lot of those players. I just, I don't know how you could maybe um, go through this and not end up drafting a center or a right shot defenseman. So that that's probably at least a good thing organizationally for this team. Right, unless unless Mitch Kopp's there at number eight or nine because people are terrified of t- taking him. Yeah. And then it's like, you just don't say no to that talent. <laughs> it's like, what would you say to potentially having a Kirill Kaprizov type just dropped into your lineup three years from now? Yeah, and he'll step in at that point. Like if he if he's the player people think he's going to be, and even if it takes three years, by three years time he'll step into your lineup, lineup and score over twenty five goals, probably thirty goals you could bank on. I mean, once he started playing regularly in the K this year, he was yeah. um, really really good, really impressive well, player. Just you just wish him the best right now with everything going on with him, yeah. his father's sad passing and everything. So, the poor kid's going through a lot. Yeah. Uh, this one from Rick. The Canucks have until June 1st to sign Connor Lockhart or he goes back into the draft. Are you hearing anything as to their intentions? So pretty quiet from what I've kind of heard on that aspect. I, I, I don't want to say I'd be surprised if he signs, but it doesn't seem like he, it's a priority here. Right. And, I mean, you look at it, right? The Canucks, all of a sudden, they're starting to give a bunch of spots to players at the Abbotsford level, right? I mean, they just signed Max Sesson up front and some of the defensemen. And, you know, clearly they're going to look to add more players in. We'll see what happens this year's draft as well. You start looking at the logjam next season. Like, where is he playing? You have Archdeep Baines. If Linus Carlson also comes back, he's going to be in the minors and, you know, fighting for a spot. You know, you have. we'll see what Hoaglander, what he does. I just kind of wonder if they view his potential to be high enough to try to have him as part of the organization. And as much as he's had a decent year, he's still a 20-year-old who's just over a point per game. Like yeah. I'm, not, I'm, I'm just not sold he's going to be a, a player here. And the Canucks up to 47 contracts now with all the players uh, they've signed in recent weeks. So not that there is no room, uh, but you know less room than there was before. This one from Justin. Do you think the Canucks will qualify Travis Dermott? Yes. Yeah, I'd be surprised if they didn't. 
I don't think he's done anything. Like, unless I mean, the guy's been going through you know post concussion syndrome issues essentially, right? And come come on and, and left again, and we're not quite sure what his status is. But like, unless they feel like he's not going to play again, which I'm not sure that's the case. Like, I don't think he's done anything one way or another for them to change their opinion. And there's still, it's kind of a holding pattern. You had hoped that he would emerge, and this year would be his chance, but he hasn't played enough for that to happen. And I don't think the team would just let a guy they gave up a third-round pick for go after playing under 30 games for their organization. And it is a player that this management group believed in as they were the ones that made the trade for Travis Dermott, right? It was yeah. kind of the first one of the first moves that they did make at last year's deadline after they, they moved Hamannick. Um, you know, I've always liked the player. It uh, does bring a uh, skating component to the Canucks D that hasn't really been there. Is there limited upside, potentially? Um, but it's really hard to say because this is still a growing player, developing player that has just essentially lost an entire year of his career. So hopefully he's feeling better soon and uh, this can become a conversation over the summer. Uh, this one from Tyler, vacationing and apparently overrated Whistler. Uh, should the Canucks <laughs> avoid trading Myers with a sweetener or must they do it to win now? Ah, uh, I mean, you you can't move Myers with a sweetener, guys. Like, I mean, I guess. Oh, sorry, sorry. I, th I was thinking OEL. I mean, I think you can do it with Myers, but would you have? Like, I don't think you have to attach a sweetener to Tyler Myers. So, I mean, if you're trying to move off all the entire six million cap hit, maybe yeah. you have to. Right. So, which team would take on the six million cap hit? The only way I can see a team taking that on without, say, a sweetener and taking the player on for free would have to be a team that's, A, not worried about uh, the cap because they have a lot of cap space. They would actually be okay with having a player only making a million bucks and eating cap space, <coughs> Arizona, yep. or, in, or like in any, any team like that, for instance. And they would maybe view it as, hey, he's a veteran making a million, and we can flip him at the deadline if he retain and get something back for him. Outside of that, I don't know if anybody takes his full freight for free. Right, like you have to give something, and even that, I bet you Arizona looks at it and says, "Well, there's some risk here for us to take this guy on with this cap hit. Like, give us something, whether it's a prospect or a fourth or whatever." And then they'll feel like, "Hey, if everything aligns, we'll flip him, retain money, and get a second or something for him." Right? Like, that's the only way I see you being able to move him with minimal cost. It is the tough. entire six million. Yeah, and and if you let's say you hold on to him and say, "Well, we could potentially trade him at the deadline." Well, if you are fighting for a playoff spot, are you going to be in a position to do that with Tyler Myers come deadline time next year? It's not a it's not a black and white situation. It makes it difficult given that the Canucks want to be or would like to be a playoff team next year. I don't I don't like the idea of attaching a sweetener to him. You know, this team has been reluctant to do that with other players. They've been reluctant to move off of players they think have trade value for essentially nothing. You know, when we've talked about Garland or Besser, I just I don't see it as a realistic scenario that they're going to attach anything of significance to move Myers. Would they be willing to maybe take back a smaller contract in order to move Myers? It's not a full $6 million cap charge. Maybe that's something they could do, but... I don't know if they part with an asset in order to move Myers. Yeah, I would be there with you. Andrew, what do you think Rathbone can fetch in a trade? He's obviously not getting a shot in Vancouver. Ooh, uh, Third so or fourth I, round pick? 
Are you getting a third? Hmm. I'm not sure you're getting a third. Yeah. So, um, I think your best bet is probably another prospect. Or you make him as part of a package that you're moving a player in. Like, so instead of trying to put a sweetener with Myers, instead of putting a sweetener, it's more like, do you soup up a, a player? You know, like, do you... Right. You look at to move Besser and Garland. Do you get a better return if you're putting Rathbone next to that player? Yeah. Because I'm looking at draft pick value, maybe a fourth, especially mm -hmm. with how the season's gone, maybe. Um, I just think it's it's more likely you look at a, a hockey trade instead of a, a, a pick trade. Yeah, the pick value may not be a ton there for, for Rathbone. And also, something to remember, he is on a one-way deal, so... You know, gets paid whether he's in the A or the N next year, and not a lot of teams love paying guys eight fifty to play in the AHL. So, um, I, I think you're right, Sat, that uh, Rathbone can maybe be used to help move along another player on this roster. Uh, this one discount, or sorry, Kenny, what's the over under on new skaters for the Canucks next season? Seven? Question mark. Ooh, I think we've done this before. We might have to so reassess. It's but. it's ever updating. Yes, it is. So last year, how many? So how many players did they add last year? So they got rid of Highmore um, and yeah. Uh, well, I forgot his name already. The Senator Lamico. <laughs> Lamico. They got rid of Lamico, right? And yeah. they got rid of some of those guys, and they brought in Dakota Joshua, Niels Oman came in, Curtis Lazar. So that's three. Mikheyev mm -hmm. is four, and Kuzmenko is five. So they put, brought five forwards in on the back end to start the season. It was Riley Stillman, too, so six. That's uh, uh, quite a few players. Oh. Right? And, oh, is, is, is our math correct on this? I am uh, checking their hockey reference right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're, you're looking at generally like 30% is a decent bet of how much the roster changes. Yeah, it's about seven. That's about seven, right? So twenty or like yeah, eight, eight, seven to eight. Yep. I'd say the over under should be set at seven. I'd say seven or seven and a half, considering how aggressive they want to be. They did six last year. It seems like they want to do more this year. So probably put it at oh seven and a half or six and a half. So last year in the I did the eightieth game of the year. Okay. Uh, the Canucks had Alex Chason on the roster, Jason Dickinson, uh, Matthew Highmore, Brad Hunt, Yuho Lamico. Nick Patan, mm. Brad Richardson, and uh, Luke Shen was also on the roster. But obviously he came back. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. One, uh, like around six, seven-ish. Yeah. Not so insignificant. No. Um, right now, if you just look at uh, what the Canucks have on the books, okay, so Vitaly Kravtsov is one, the only forward right now without a contract – for next year um you know even the the injured guys mikhaev and pearson both under control for next season so those aren't necessarily new although you know pearson may not be able to start next season as we know yeah. on on d burrows is a ufa and i wonder if he'll be coming back so there's two players ethan bear rfa but we know his situation they're likely to bring him back i mean They've got a good amount of pieces that are staying here. It's more about are they going to be able to move out in trade, you know, the Besser Garland types 
and be able to replace those players with something else. There's always surprise moves too, though. Because we'll yeah. be like, yeah, this guy's coming back. Like Jason Dickinson last year, if I told you right. he wasn't coming back, you'd be like, oh, that's a little weird. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm with you on that, right? So if you look at it this way, so they don't have a third-line center right now. I don't think Dry starts next year, right? So yep. that's a position. So you look at you know, PDG, whether he makes a team or not. But let's look at an extra forward. Say that's two spots. An extra forward spot is also open. And then on the back end, the eighth defenseman spot looks to be open, right? Mm -hmm. So that's three spots. A backup goalie is probably going to be different next year. We would guess it could or be Spencer it Martin. Maybe it is Spencer Martin. But that, but let's say that one changes. That's four. So already, just looking at you know uh, depth pieces in a third line center, that's four spots, and that's not even including if they trade somebody up front. Yeah. So I think six or seven is probably the number. Yeah, and that's why thirty percent is generally like yeah. an easy number because there's always depth wise, you, you get four or five guys that move in and out of teams just on on the depth pieces. Uh, discount Dracula. Who has the bragging rights for the fastest grouse grind time at 6.50? Oh, I mean, it's of course me. Yeah. <laughs> We're not talking 40-yard dash. Yeah, no. Uh, I, I don't think – I don't know. It would have been – it's you for sure, Sat. It's probably me right now. I mean, it was. I, I it would have been you or Rintoul back in the day, but I don't know what Rintoul's fastest time was. I know like he didn't do the grind a ton, but when he did, he could easily do it. I don't yeah. know. Like, I'm sure if he really wanted to, he could have the fastest time. Yep. Um, like the fastest I ever did it was about 37 minutes. Whew. But this was a while ago. I mean, yeah. I, I do it now. It's probably going to be in the 40 some minute range. Uh, over under me finishing it in 40 minutes. Oh, oh what's your conditioning like? Definitely over. My conditioning used to be great, but I don't really uh, do too much cardio anymore. Do, was your has your lung capacity been good usually? Yeah. Okay. Well, I you used also to be like, like a pretty good long distance runner, but okay, it's been so you, a few years. Right, but you're also like you don't pack. You, you I mean, I will say, uh, Josh has been working out. Mm -hmm. and he's getting some big gains, but he's still not the the heaviest guy. So I think you could you could probably do it under 45 minutes. You could potentially, but you got to push yourself. Yeah. 40 45. might be too bold. You've never done 40 it? 40 might be bold. I've, ne 40 I've be also bold. never done it. Wow. I did 40 runs, trail runs in Chilliwack and stuff when I lived there, but I've never gone out to do the grouse grind. I'd say the first time you do the grind, you kind of have to figure out just how you pace yourself yes. and where you can push and how you can handle it. Because like the first time you do it, you're like, I'm at a quarter mark. That's it? <laughs> you're like, this is the quarter? And, and it hits you pretty hard and it's pretty treacherous early on and stuff. So... I think you, I believe in you. The first time it might be difficult, though. but also, yeah, the first bit is like the least incline, and then right, you know, you, then you get really heavy incline as you get closer to the top. So I'm just gonna add this to the series of me doing <laughs> random sports things. Uh, I am fading you getting under 40 minutes. All right. So 40 might have been too bold. Might have set the line a little too. <laughs> yeah. Well, you think you can throw a football like 10 yards in the NFL? Yeah. So I mean, no, no, no. You're no, rationally no. confident. Not throw it 10 yards. Just get 10 you yards. You think you of... can complete? Yes. Well, just one shovel pass and go. Yeah. yeah I'm not, that, I'm not that, doing that simple. Anything. That simple. <laughs> yeah. Why don't they all do it? Yes. <laughs> um, this one from Tyler. If you could be a marker for any golfer, past or present, who would you like to ebug for? Say again. What's the question? I, 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 let's just make it. Who would you like to golf with, past or present? Oh, okay. I mean, it's obviously Tiger. Yeah, right? kind of has to be. It's kind of boring, but it kind of has to be. Okay, let's say excluding Tiger. 
Because I think everyone would just say Tiger. Right? Yes. Yeah. Everyone would legitimately say Tiger. So does it have to be a golfer, like a, or like golf with anybody? Or uh, okay, let's just stick with golfers. It makes it easier. It does say golfer. Um, okay. current like Max Homa is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, even Ricky Fowler. And See, I'm a big Ricky Fowler fan. Yeah. Yeah. Ricky, uh, he's he's been playing a lot better. He's not in the Masters this year, but uh, yeah. he's been he's been playing a lot better lately, and he's kind of matured a little bit, but still fun guy. I, I'd, I'd say, say Jason I'd, Day too. Yeah, Jason Day is cool. Uh, but Max almost seems like uh, the fun guy of the group, so I'd probably say him. What's uh, what's that guy from Full Swing? Joel Damon. Oh, Joel Damon. Yes. Yeah. I would. Uh, You'd say Joel Damon, really? Just because it'd be fun. Yeah. I'd probably yeah. maybe do uh, Rory. Yeah, Rory. Yeah, Rory would be good. Would be good. Honestly, like, you, I might look to. to uh, Get get some of one of the older guys to come in, like Fred Couples or something. That'd be fun. So, you know how many stories? That how how has you? none of us said John Daly yet? I was gonna say Daly, but the thing <laughs> with Daly is like, do you want to or not? Yeah, like I'm kind of like, like I'm, I'm kind of like from afar. I don't know yeah. if I'm hacking darts with Daly, you know. Down yeah, see, I, I, I love like I, I love to do a front nine or a back nine. I don't know if I could commit to you know 18 holes with John Daly. That's what that's what kind of scares me about it. But yeah, people are texting in John Daly, hundred yeah. percent. If I, if I'm like, well, also I, I don't think I would I wouldn't last with daily because, you know, three beers in I'd be like passed out. So, yeah, you're you're lightweight. <laughs> it's not not probably happening with uh, with with old daily. Uh, this one from Dave. What sport is the most boring? It could either be uh, to play, could be to watch. I mean, I, I'd probably have to say something like cricket because I just don't know anything about it, and I never, you know, really got into it. And anytime I watch it, I'm like, this, you know, it doesn't just do anything for me. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of people would say golf, but I love watching golf. So <laughs> yeah, it depends on like where you're at with golf, right? Like yeah. if you like golf, but for me, it would probably be something like that. A sport that I don't, I've never followed and I don't don't know anything about. That that would probably be it. Like I have. Very limited knowledge of, of cricket. Auto racing? No, I like auto racing. F1 is good. Yeah. I would say NASCAR, though. Like watching yeah. 500 laps of cars I'm just not, in ovals. I'm just not into the strategy of it all. Right? Which what, is NASCAR big... making left turns? <laughs> <laughs> NASCAR well, and when F1. you pit and <laughs> everything good. else. And, oh, right. You know, F1 those types of things. Is, I, I don't know. I didn't think I would be into it. And then. Obviously, Drive to Survive came out, and I got pretty into it. Honestly, sneaky answer here is in person watching an NFL game or a football game. What? In person. Yeah. It's very made-for-TV I Well, it's just because I prefer watching NFL games on television than in stadium. Like, they're a oh, fun no. experience, but... It's most boring. Well, it's just like there's just so little action like you really notice more when you're at the game how much downtime there is in between plays and everything else right. like what's the stat with an nfl football game or with a football game it's like there's like 15 minutes of actual playing time or something like that yeah something like that but i mean it's like baseball is even less like baseball is like a minute 30 of actual playing time or whatever it is yeah so baseball is also like similarly the experience like how many people yeah. I, us like sports nuts aside go to a baseball game this happens with canadians but it also happens with the major leagues like how many people go to a baseball game and they don't even know what happened they're like oh great home run yeah woo yeah 
Like, yeah. Uh, they're just there hanging out with their friends. Look at all the renos that have been shoved down our throat about the Rogers Center. Like, it's just a bunch of bars that are sitting around the stadium now for people to, like, sit at and drink and kind of half watch the game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, basically, you don't like going to sporting events. Noted. <laughs> That's not what I said. <laughs> uh, I like going to baseball games. What is one country that you haven't been to that you would like to go to one day? Ooh, many what's, a, what's a top, top of your bucket list of places you haven't been to? Country I haven't been to that I want to go to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, might be kind of lame, but Greece. Really? I don't know if that's answer. lame. I don't but know if it's lame. There's a lot of history there. A lot of history, but more, uh, like, looks incredible. Yeah. <laughs> it does. For, like, actual vacationing. Yeah, that's not a bad answer. Uh, like a relaxing one. type of vacation. Bora Bora would be fun. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Bora Bora would be fun. Although I would not love the travel to get there. No. But once you're there, it like a full 24 hours to get there or something like that? Uh, I Probably. Just, I know it's very expensive to get yes. there. Bora Bora. Mm. I would like to go to Greece too. Though. Anywhere Greece in Europe. Good. I haven't been to Europe. You haven't been oh, to Europe? Haven't, yeah. That wouldn't be bad. I mean, yeah. I was going to say Spain as well. I haven't been to Spain. Spain was pretty good. Uh, I mean, France, depending on where you go. Oh, man, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. I mean, I'd love to say, like, I've never been to South America. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, so I, I do think um, I would love to go to Argentina. And I would love to go to Brazil. I'd love to go to Colombia. I just, I feel like I'm too soft. <laughs> probably. So yeah, I'm like probably. I need a comfortable resort kind of vacation guy. That's the kind of vacation guy that I am. Not built for this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not Pretty a backpacking much. vacation guy. And I've always wanted to kind of go to like Thailand or something. I heard Croatia's beautiful too. Oh, Croatia, yeah. Yeah. High on the list. Ever since uh, Game of Thrones though, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, it's Dan Richo and Satyar Shah. You've been listening to The Mailbag.